Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to Daily DVR. My name is Axel, and today we have a very special episode for you. My special guest today, and I will be talking about the new Showtime hit, Yellow Jackets. We are going to talk about all the episodes so far, which is only one through four. Um, we're going to spoil them all. So if you're listening, hopefully you've seen episodes one through four. We don't have time to cover everything in total depth, of course, but we're going to talk about the characters, our thoughts, our theories, and also who we think is sending those postcards, who this no-eyed creature is that people are seeing. But before we get into that, I do want to remind you to head on over to DVRpodcast.com. Check out our many, many other pods like Podcast Winterfell, Westworld Theorycast. And of course, right now we are covering the very awesome Mayor of Kingstown, currently airing on Paramount Plus. That's Jeremy Renner's other TV show. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, Trey is my guest. We have never podcasted together before. Uh, she is a member of our Facebook group and we have discussed before that we're like, how do we know each other through game of Thrones? Of course. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. Welcome to the show, Trey. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I'm Trey. I'm from Canada and I'm a huge fantasy and horror nerd and I am actually not particularly into supernatural horror because it scares me too much. So <laughs> Yellow Jackets is proving to be a bit much at times, but also very, very excited to see how everything's going to unfold. Yes, definitely. And this and you also said this is like maybe you're se- you've done a couple podcasts before, but this is one of your uh, first podcasts. Just joined right? in on one that was uh, oh, okay. discussing a Supergirl episode. Awesome. All right. Because I I always like to say that and I always like to encourage other people. If you want to pod with me or you have a show or something, hit me up. I always like to talk to anybody. I kind of pride myself on being a person that can kind of have a conversation with any human being, almost any human being. Um, And we're going to test that today with Trey. I think we're already off to a great start, baby. Yes. Let's do it. All right. So Yellow Jackets. We're on episode four. We know that it's on Showtime on Sunday, just so everyone knows. Little little uh, intro to the show, set in 1996 and 2021. Yellow Jackets follows the 
Wiskayak, New Jersey, high school girls soccer team whose plane crashes in Ontario, Canada, en route to a tournament. The 2021 sequences follow the survivors as they negotiate middle age, still burdened by the past, and receiving mysterious postcards threatening to divulge their secrets. And I think it's kind of cool, actually, because you're from Canada. I'm yeah, from, I'm from Ontario. And I'm from New Jersey. And I, as I was writing this, I realized that I was like, Trey's from Canada. And you were telling me you're from Ontario. So, and now, Wiskayak. Whist, I don't know how they pronounce this, but New Jersey does have many, many towns and counties in New Jersey are have Native American names. Whisk Ayok is a Native American name. Um, and it I think that they are basing this. There is a town in New Jersey called Wyckoff. And Wyckoff is very much like this town seems that it has kind of it runs the gamut it has very poshy people as well as you know middle lower class people but it kind of ha like this town does it kind of runs the gamut um of both ethnically socially uh class wise as well so i think that this show is it's interesting of course right off the bat it's new jersey i was like how new jersey is this it's pretty new jersey it does i one of the things i appreciate is that it doesn't go to new jersey to 90s you know what i mean trey i feel like they give us a 90s song they give us a little thing but it's not like I feel like Stranger Things or some other show. I was, they, I was gonna say yeah. Stranger Things, yeah, where you're a little smothered with references that <laughs> yes. the kids in that point might not have actually been listening to that music or watching that movie, kind of thing. Exactly, you said exactly what I was gonna say, and I think this show does a great job of showing that people live in a time. A time doesn't always live in the people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it surrounds you. It's not everything you're about. Um, so I think they do a great job of showing a little New Jersey, a little 90s. Uh, the show was created by a married couple, Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. If you're a fan of the CW's The Originals or Narcos and Narcos Mexico, you may recognize their name. They were writers um, on that. I believe that they were, I believe they co-created the originals with the, per because that is a spinoff of the CW's vampire series. Do you know, do you remember what that's called? The Vampire Diaries? That's it. See? the Yeah. I, all I had to know was diaries. But yes, I think the originals is a spinoff of the Vampire Diaries because I think that Boone from Lost was in the Vampire Diaries or the original. He's one of something. the main characters, yeah. Nice. Okay, I got that right. I've never watched that. That's one of the rare shows I've never seen an episode of. But Ashley... I saw the first episode and I, I couldn't get into it. Yeah. I got to respect it, though, when these shows go on for so long. You know what I mean? It has a great fan base. Like I have a mm -hmm. good impression of that show is what I'm saying. I have a feeling that they... Really, and through watching the first four episodes of this show, that they they know how to bring the audience into the show, you know, and make you a part yeah. of it. Because I know Vampire Diaries in the originals has a rabid fan base. 
Um, so Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson create it. Now it's co-showrunner. They're also showrunning it. Is a guy named Jonathan Lisko. Jonathan Lisko is about, I think, thirty years older than them, and he was the showrunner on *Halt and Catch Fire*, *Animal Kingdom*, *Southland*, which was a favorite of uh, our other our other host here, Heath Solo. Uh, both of us, we love that show. And this is kind of like a Lost type thing. I know a lot of people have made comparisons between Lost and Yellow Jackets, but I thought it was kind of cool because just like Damon Lindelof was the showrunner for Lost, but they brought in a guy much older than him, Carlton Cuse, to kind of guide him and help him, which is the same thing they did with Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson. They brought in Jonathan Liskow, who is a longtime showrunner and vet, to kind of show them how to do show running. And my guess would be that he might even drop off after the first season. They seem to have been doing a really good job. Um, and my last little fact before we kind of dive in and talk about the characters and stuff is that the first episode, because it's always important that the pilot episode of a series kind of sets the tone for how the show is directed um, and real, a lot of times how the narrative is laid out and it was directed by Karen Kusama who directed girl fight Jennifer's body. She's a famous director. And, you know, in the last couple of years, we've obviously seen a lot more women given an opportunity to get out there and direct. And Karen, she was one of the directors that people would say all the time. Why is she not directing? Like, Girl Fight was amazing. Uh, Jennifer's Body has become a real cult um, hit. And I think a lot of people really appreciate that film for kind of the depth of it. And it's just great to see them, you know, as a lot of things are happening today, people trying to have a little progress. It's great to see that you have a show about women and they went out and got a woman who was kind of known for having been kind of, you know, put in the corner and not allowed to direct, not given the opportunity to direct a lot. Um, and, you know, a big new show on Showtime. So I thought she also knocked it out of the park. The first episode is amazing. and really sets the tone for it all. Um, that's kind of my facts. I just wanted to kind of get out of the way. I'd like to let you talk for a little bit here, Trey. What, what kind of attracted you to this show? What do you like about it? What's like keeping you coming back to it? Uh, so I mentioned earlier, I'm not a huge fan of supernatural horror, but my favorite genre of horror is uh, like cat and mouse type of hunting or survivalist horror. Um, big fan of Lord of the Flies, the book. Yeah. I also was a huge Lost fan when that aired too. So the premise of people stuck from a plane crash uh, where presumably we'll see them in two different timelines, which Lost did, but also more of like a horror element to it than Lost had with some Lord of the Flies stuff of people having to hunt each other, which obviously Lost thankfully did not have. And it was a different type of show altogether. Um, that's what attracted me, though, that uh, kind of melding of the type of fun I knew I had I had on Lost that I ex would expect from this show, plus the survivalist horror element. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously I was a huge Lost fan. We did a little podcast called Lost Mythos back in the day. 
and Lost is, I would say Lost is my all-time favorite TV show. I have a lot of a lot of favorites. I don't know if it if I think it was like the best show ever. A lot of people like to say The Wire, um, but uh, Lost is probably my all-time favorite TV show, and definitely when this kind of when I found out about this show I was like okay that's kind of cool and the Lord of the Flies thing the New Jersey thing got me too I like that it was a sports team because one of the things that this show reminded me of before Lord of the Flies actually was Alive do you remember Alive no, I don't think I know that show. It's it well it was a movie about the Chile, I think it was the Chilean soccer national soccer team that their plane went down in the Alps and they ended up having to eat each other to survive. Um it's a great movie. Actually an old friend of my family, he acted with my brother in some in some summer theater in Long Beach Island, New Jersey. This guy C.J. Mioli, he appears in Alive. Um, it's an old movie. It's a fun one, and they're redoing that movie, by the way. But um, oh, it, cool! It reminded me of that, and that is actually the impetus behind this story. Um, a lot of people have said, "Is this a true story? Did this really happen?" And I was reading an interview where. The impetus for, for the whole thing came from Ashley Lyle, who was reading an article about that soccer team. And she started to think about what happens if it was girls. And then that that thought made her kind of think more about the social aspects of it rather than the survival aspects I appreciate that about this show, don't you? How so much of it? Yeah, that we've they already have a gun. There, you know what I mean. They're hunting and everything in the last episode. Mm-hmm. They really, it's really more about how they get along with each other, right? Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Like the the scene where they bond at the lake, and then um, can see like uh, Jackie's mad because. Shauna sided with Thaisa in the argument over, do we stay with the plane in case that's where they're more likely to find us? Or do we go get water at the lake because we're going to die of thirst if they don't come soon? They have um, like the dynamic of Shauna's like in the water watching Jackie on the, the lake shore and Jackie angles her body and kind of fake laughs in a way. So it looks like she's made a new best friend to get back Mm -hmm. at her. Yeah. yeah. They have like that, that dynamic of, um, you know, like when you're in a fight with your best friend, it feels like the worst thing ever. Yes. And that's what, that's what drew me in, too. I just watched um, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the Amazon series. I don't know if you had an opportunity to check that no, out. No, I have to check that out, though. I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited to watch that. I'm just kind of saving it for a rainy day. Well, you will love it. I'm telling you. It was so much fun. Um, it is. It does have... They really do kind of, you know how sometimes when adults write for teenagers, they write them like everything they talk about is sex and drugs. You know what I mean? Like they kind of overdo it. Oh, they definitely do that in the first couple episodes of that show. Um, And that's something I enjoyed about this show, too, is that these girls seem very real. You know what I mean? Like some of them are more advanced um, 
like socially, sexually, whatever, mentally. Mm -hmm. Some of them are less. Some of them are more childlike. And I think when you get a group of girls or guys in high school, you're going to get that. You're going to get some some people act like they're 25 and some people act like they're five, you know? And you mentioned really kind of in the first couple episodes, our focus is really on Jackie and Shauna and their kind of relationship and also the fact that Shauna is secretly having sex with Jeff, who in the past is Jackie's boyfriend, right? Yeah. So we don't, we find out, what is it? Is it at the end of episode one or two that Shauna's married to Jeff in the future? I think at the end of episode one. Okay, okay, yeah. And that to me was really like, I love that they were doing stuff like that, even though it was a little confusing, right? Like Mm -hmm. we see her. Do you think when you first saw that Shauna in 1996 was secretly having sex with, because Jackie said they were kind of on again, off again, right? Yeah. Um, Did you think that, she was having sex with Jeff because she actually liked Jeff or because she wanted the attention or wanted to have what Jackie had. I, my first impression was that it was uh, because she wanted to have what Jackie has. Um, Like Jackie's team captain. She's, you know, like that very petite slim build that in the nineties was uh, like what we were expected to look like. Yeah. Um, she's like very doll like features. She's charismatic. Everyone likes her. The coach even says, I didn't pick you because you're the best athlete. I just like, you're the one who's going to lead the team. Yeah. People follow you um, naturally. So I did. And then we know that like, you know, Shauna maybe is like very different from Jackie. They, they don't seem to have a lot in common, but we also understand that they've just been friends since they were really, really little. So that's kind of the bond they have. And maybe, you know, Shauna's always kind of thought maybe I should be more like Jackie, but I'm just, I'm not, it's not natural to me. So I did feel like, uh, hooking up with the kind of like preppy, like pretty boy jock Mm -hmm. boyfriend of her best friend was maybe a way of trying to feel more like Jackie, more like the queen bee. Yeah, totally. That's why when I found, when we find out that in the present, Shauna played by Sophie Nalese as a uh, as a as a younger girl and as um, Melanie Linsky, the amazing Melanie Linsky, who I absolutely have always loved. She's such a she's such a great actress. Um, She just she is. I've only really seen her in uh, supporting roles and stuff. Yeah, she like prior to now. Yeah, no, totally. Totally. She has not really. She's well, I should say that. Maybe the biggest starring role she had was on Togetherness. The, did you ever watch that? The HBO show? It was only two no, seasons. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was pre, It was really good. It was uh, the Duplass brothers um, did that show. And actually, um, Mark Duplass starred in it. And um, Or is it Jay? I always get them mixed up. The younger one, the taller one. 
um, starred in it. And it was really great. It was just basically about like this couple in L.A. that's kind of moving apart. And Melanie Linsky played a very similar character in that show where she was kind of in like a sexless marriage. You know, what we've seen so far of her and Jeff is very much like her role in togetherness. Uh, that's a great show. It's on HBO Max now. And like I said, it's only two seasons and that's a definite like watch it in like a day or two or something. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda Pete is in that too. Really good. Really good show. Uh, um, she's also someone I don't often see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm married to Benioff, the, the uh, you know, the showrunner of uh, Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's her husband. That's why when when Game of Thrones, like the last season, there was she got some heat because she was like, enough of this fucking show already. I haven't seen my husband in 10 years. <laughs> and all the fans were like really upset, like, oh, they're trying to rush the show to get it done because she wants her <laughs> husband back. And then he was like, yeah, I'm a human, you know, um, but she's awesome. But um, so we find when we see that Melanie Linsky is married to Jeff later on it really shocked me because i was i i felt like the reason she's married to jeff okay and this is my first theory has more to do with what happened to or with jackie at the crash site in on in ontario in canada than it does with her relationship with jeff you catch my drift just like she got, yeah. I think she got with him because he was Jackie's man. Maybe she's with him now because we don't know where Jackie is. Jackie is the main character from the past that we do not see in the future. We see Shauna in the future. We see Taesa, if I'm pronouncing that right, in the future. We see Natalie, right? We see Misty. Um, but we don't see Jackie. So I think that, or do we, because I have a little theory about that. I don't know if, do you think, let's just get into it. Do you think that guy, that woman that she saw Jeff with at the hotel was in fact Jackie? I thought that last night. I thought looks wise, it, it would make sense if she had just changed her hair to blonde. But then why is she, why are they keeping her out of the story so far? And I would also kind of think, and this is outside of the show, of course, but I think that they'd cast somebody like famous, you know what I mean? That or like an actress that we know, but maybe to not. play the future Jackie. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, I guess, cause that would fit the pattern with, um, yeah. like most of the leads, like obviously like Juliette Lewis and Christina Ritchie are like blasts from the past, like very famous. They've had like yeah. very long careers. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know, but I thought that too, that that might be Jackie, but I also feel like, does that make sense that maybe, maybe Jackie dies and she feels like she has to kind of keep her alive through marrying Jeff or something? Did you get any feeling like that? I just have a feeling that Jackie's alive. I, I read some like recaps online the, where they were like, since so since Jackie's dead, blah, 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 blah. Like they've like other people have definitely said that she is dead. Um, I'm not sure where they're getting that from. I think just because we haven't seen her, it yeah. doesn't mean that she dies. Well, um, there, 
I don't mean to interrupt, but let's not forget there is the fact that the necklace we see, right, is worn by Jackie and then given to someone else, but then maybe given back to her because we do see, and we haven't even talked about the Lord of the Rings part where they're all wearing animal cloths and hunting each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so, totally awesome. We still haven't seen any more of that since the first episode, right? They've done a yeah, great- Yeah, it's going to be, I guess, like I'm thinking they'll maybe do a very slow build and mm. that'll be more towards like the- finale of this season that they'll get into when that kind of stuff was happening yeah i i because we'd have to wait for like the seasons to change because i think it looks like like it's early fall maybe when the girls are there right now ah great point wow look at that see i knew i knew i asked you to be on this podcast for a reason (laughs) you paid attention to the to the leaves and stuff so yeah it was wait was it more was it snowing or did it seem in in when they're when she's being chased and they're doing all that did it seem uh, because they were there let's not forget they were there for like 19 months so there is enough time for this season to change, right? It was, uh, I can't even remember now if I saw snow, but the outfits they were wearing, like very, very Heavy thick stuff. fur that yeah. you would wear in a Canadian winter. So if they were there now and it's the fall, which makes sense because they were at school and I think they were talking a little bit about like homecoming or like, and it w- it is that I, I think they did mention homecoming or something, yeah. Yeah, so it's like pre-Christmas then they're there for another Christmas. Then they're there to the summer. So based on what you said, which is great, it would be too soon. Maybe it's a whole nother year until that whole society of wolves or whatever it, it is develops. Mm-hmm. So we have a good amount of time. Another thing to think is we might not. This is a this already has been renewed for season two. And if they have a long range plan, we might not even see that happen this season. Right. Like we're already almost halfway through the first season. We don't have to we might not get all the answers that we want the first season. Right. Yeah. They've got to kind of build that up. Um, I think they're going to do a very, very slow build. And I feel like there's going to be a major cliffhanger or reveal mm, at the end of the finale. And then we're going to be kept waiting until season two for more of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's, this is good stuff. We're diving in, baby. We're (laughs) diving in. Let me ask you a question. What did you think of the way, um, Vanessa, when they, when Vanessa was left in the seat, by Jackie and Shauna, do you think they did the right thing or the wrong thing? Like, if you were Vanessa, would you be mad at them? I mean, I get why she was mad in the moment, because that's so scary to have someone coming to help you, and then they just leave when they've already started. But she like Vanessa's BFF is Taisa. And I feel like if the situation had been Shauna was the one trapped in the chair and Vanessa was going to help her, Taisa would have been like, I'm going to save you over this other girl because you're my best friend. So like there, there's, you know, they're like a pretty close knit group, but there's 
closer bonds between individual, like smaller groups that would take precedent over your attachment to another team member. See? So I get why Vanessa is upset, but I, yeah, if the, if the situation was her and Thaisa were not trapped and somebody else was, but the thing was about to blow up, I think Thaisa would have been like, come on, Vanessa, we have to go. Like it, she's beyond saving. Yeah. That's an interesting point. And I like the way that you frame it within their, like the kind of dynamics of the, of the friend group. Because we're seeing so much of that play out. And that's I think that's going to become a lot more important as they either splinter off into whether it's competing uh, animal skin wearing groups or it's one group that just chooses and then hunts those who are not like, you know, survivor like or not doing enough for the campground. You know, um, we don't really know, but those dynamics are going to play out. I personally thought this was one of the things that kind of this was one of the only hiccups that I had in the show. And that's why I mention it, because I felt like it was kind of a contrived um, uh, just like uh, a contrived fight to start off them being uh, to kind of overlap with them being stranded because I would have thought Vanessa would be more like, hey, we're just in a freaking accident. But the way you put it is true. And I think that's one of the interesting things that this show kind of hinges on, which is that regardless of the situation that they're in, their group dynamics win out, right? Like yeah. if they're at school, if they're at home, if they're trapped in the woods, the way they feel about each other and because they're teenagers and it's so raw and strong overwhelms every situation. And that to me, this situation with Vanessa and that little thing of like, hey, you didn't save me. And they're kind of like, well, we thought the thing was going to blow up. There was going to be a fight. We were going to get injured, too. It's like we're just in a plane crash here. Yeah. You know, like not understanding that. And that kind of. Um, plays out into their adulthood, right? Because Misty, who we haven't really talked about yet, <laughs> who I just have to say, so when she is uh, younger, she's played by an actress named Samantha Hanratty. And when she's older, she's played by, of course, Christina Ricci. And my favorite character on the show, without a doubt, I love her. And if I was in high school, even though she's crazy, I would have probably had the <laughs> hugest crush on her out of any of these girls, even though, pro I don't know, I probably would have really liked Shauna, but uh, like secretly and not told her. But Misty would be, I would have been like, try to talk to her because she's just so weird. I love how weird she is. And when she is older, that... It's like the same dynamics are playing out. But my question for you is this, and it's one of the big questions I have of this series. If we know that Misty ends up being kind of the leader, at least for the part we saw, mm -hmm. where they do chase one girl down and look like she dies, right? Uh, we don't, we don't, I don't remember which girl that was, or they didn't really show us, I think. Um, I, I think they were trying to make it mysterious, yeah. but 
only a couple of the ones whose names we know have long black hair. Like there's a girl named Mari, I think, who it could be based on Mm -hmm. uh, just looks. But then there's, I think, like 10 background girls who we haven't really seen. So, yes. And I thought it might the person I first thought it was going to be is Lottie, the girl who's taking the pills, but then who also um, and it's loxapine, an antipsychotic used in the treatment of schizophrenia. That's what she's taking. So everyone knows. Oh, yep. okay. Because we do see in the first episode, a maid gives her and we see the pills. Um, and uh, let's see, her father was the one who got the private jet. We want to remember that too. Okay. Um, yes. So she's a rich, but obviously has mental, has some mental illness issues. She's running out of pills. She also is the one who see, who finds the dead guy in the attic, right? Who's sitting up yeah. there. And I, and then she's also just says there's something wrong with this house. She's having a lot of anxiety about it. And we don't know whether that's mental illness, real life, you know, if something's really happening. I thought it was her. That's my guess. I I thought that too, kind of, because um, I figure that when she runs out of meds and her condition takes over, uh, mm. like if they're if the girls are forming like metaphorically a wolf pack, then the weakest one they would have to leave behind or maybe yeah. be more comfortable killing if if they see her. Not that mental illness makes you weaker, but if they see her condition as something that is hindering them that they cannot live with. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Or it's being bothersome to them that I feel like she would be the one that they would go after based on that. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think in this case of, yeah, I mean, I don't think I think in this case, though, mental illness, they would see that as a weakness. Right. Like in that in that context, they would. And I also like mid 90s when people didn't talk about stuff like that. Yeah. That's true. They were starting to, though. Hey, my man, Kurt Cobain. And you know what I mean? That was a lot of what that was about, was talking, yeah. about, your, talking about your feelings. I like talking about my feelings. Um, but yeah, my guess, I thought that's a good point. That would be a good reason for it to be her, too. I think about also her being kind of really rich. And whenever someone in high school, of course, too, who has more than you, but also has a problem it te- people tend to exploit it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that that's interesting. Um, but yeah, gosh, man, there's a lot. So what were we talking about? L- uh, Lottie and, oh, we're talking about Vanessa. Oh, Misty. So <laughs> Misty, my favorite character. Question I had to round back. If Misty was the head of this, okay, And she also took on a very kind of an outsized important role when they first crashed, taking care of the assistant coach, right? I think he's the assistant coach. Um, And kind of- Coach Scott? Yes. Wasn't he? I think he is the assistant. Yes. Yeah, he is the assistant coach. That's what my wife was like. I thought the coach was the other guy's, uh, my wife said that. Didn't he have, he's the father of the sons. And I was like, no, I think the white dude is the assistant coach. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of has that assistant coach attitude too. Like he's not quite confident in himself. You know what I mean? Like overdoing it a little bit. 
I'm like, we're going to. He looks do- like he just graduated college, too. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. He's very, very young. <laughs> Which is why I was surprised that he didn't, like, kind of maybe even take to Misty in his leg, you know, his son's one leg form. Like, maybe have a. I think I thought they might have went that direction where maybe he and Misty did develop some sort of closer relationship, but everybody just thinks she's crazy. <laughs> um, but my question is then in the future, why don't Shauna and, um, and Natalie, especially Natalie, why don't they take her seriously? Did you find that a little strange? Like, if if the if her role was like a like you know manager loser that nobody liked right like they were all making fun of her to kind of bit of a savior helper to leader of this gang and then years later she's working she's Christina Ricci she's working in a nursing home but when she contacts these other women they're, they don't seem so scared of her or anything. They still seem to be treating her like she's just an annoying little girl. So maybe she wasn't the leader. I, in the the scene where they're actually eating the girl that they killed, um, it looks like Misty has prepared the meat and is presenting it to someone who has like a veil with a headdress with antlers who seems to be centered in the way that they're standing. So I kind of think the person with the veil is the leader. Uh, okay. Okay. And so- I can't tell if they're standing on something or if it's one of the girls who happens to be taller, which okay. would make me think maybe Jackie or Taisa because they look a little tall to me. I, okay. So I misinterpreted that because I thought at the end of episode one, she took off her th- headdress and it was misty i thought that they were signaling to us that she was kind of the head of it but it would make sense that someone else would be and she would just be kind of like you know the most maybe one of the only people who was like comfortable enough with what they were doing to like actually provide the food yes exactly yes that comfortable with it and like into this idea right because she gained yeah. some kind of power, like she had, maybe she has made herself the number two, you know what I mean? Like solidified her place in this, in in this new, um, in this new world, unlike she had at the high school. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I can see that. Okay. I dig it. I dig it. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. What do you think of Misty? What are your overall thoughts of her and of what we've seen of her so far? I mean, she's done crazy shit. She takes, she pulls the shit out of Natalie's car. <laughs> she goes, she's, she's, she's watching her on her date. She's pretending she's her on text. It's just like, she's doing so much crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I honest, I think she's one of the f- like most interesting TV characters um, that I've ever seen. And um, Christina Ricci does such a good job of playing her in the future because I find that's some of the only comic relief in the show. That it's such a like a very dark character, but Christina Ricci makes it so funny. Um, 
There's a little and Wednesday I, Adams in there, isn't there? Like her big or original role in the Adams family. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, like her fascination with like the morbid and yes. like the dark. Like she's a yep uh, an internet detective and stuff who knows all <laughs> these facts about murders. <laughs> an internet detective that's like only murders in the building right like she, yeah <laughs> she's an internet these this is really a real thing yeah i'm sorry to mean to was there anything else that you want to say about her um yeah i just i think i think she's a great character um in terms of like likability i i like nat best because she's the only one we've seen who uh genuinely seems like her heart's always in the right place but um, yeah, Misty makes her very fun watching. I love her taking that woman out of the retirement home to make it look like she had a reason to be in this restaurant. <laughs> and then the woman says to her, oh, you remind me of my granddaughter. Nobody likes her either. <laughs> she is so man. That is so, and I just know I'm just thinking about myself in high school and I'm like, Oh my God, I totally would have fallen under her spell. <laughs> I would have been like, <laughs> please tell me what to do, you crazy person. I love you. Um, she just so, yeah, she gets into everything. She's such a happy sociopath, you know, like she watches the thing animal drown in the pool. She's like kind of watching. <laughs> she like, she seems almost excited to cut off the coach's leg. Oh my gosh. Know? Yeah. The vigor that she like goes at him with. <laughs> She's great. And then as Christina Ricci too, how, I mean, when we're originally introduced to her, she's like basically kind of abusing that woman in the, in the yeah. <laughs> nursing home. That was so uncomfortable to yeah. watch. It's uh, it's definitely she's always had that thing, um, Christina Ricci, where it's like she's her her big eyes kind of make her both attractive but a little creepy. You know what I mean? And she knows that. Like, she's yes. always played into that in the roles she's chosen. And, you know, I often forget, I was just reminded um, that she she starred alongside um, Charlize Theron in, uh, in, what, in Monster. What was it called? Wasn't it called Monster? You know, the serial killer Oh, movie? she played her girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. I totally forgot that was her. Yeah. So it's like you kind of forget, like, because I was kind of going through whenever, you know, one, you know, like a kind of my general older, my generation. I think I'm a bit older than you. I'm 47. And she, yeah, I, I'm 31. Okay. So, yes, I am older than you. <laughs> and so she, when I was young, Christina Ricci, that she was like, everybody loved her. You know what I mean? She was like the, the hot girl, cute, weird nineties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And whenever these people kind of come back, you're always like, Hey, what were they up to? Oh, I haven't seen them in forever. Oh, she hasn't acted in what, Oh, since the nineties, but that's just not true. Like Christina Ricci has been doing some good work and she does make role choices that are kind of strange. And I've always appreciated that. So, yeah, when she so uh, the way her and Juliette Lewis, that to me is my favorite pair. Uh, Mine, too. I love their interactions. <laughs> and I think the choice of Juliette Lewis, the casting where you have Natalie, who in as a teenager is maybe one of the most like, 
I don't know how you say fresh faced or youngest looking, right? Like she, yeah. she kind of has a bit, she looks younger than everybody to me. And then Juliet Lewis definitely looks like she has spent many times in rehab, in bars. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she always yeah. plays into that character. Um, I just, I, I've always loved, I always thought she was a great actress. Actually, I was just watching a Christmas vacation with my son yesterday. That was oh, like, I didn't know she was in that. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen that yet, but that's on my Christmas movie list for this year. Yeah, she's the uh, she, she's uh, the daughter in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> she's they're a member of court. Man, she's had some amazing roles in her time, and in a sense, that's why I think it's interesting the way like our three main actresses as women are very much playing roles that seem entirely suited for them based on kind of their careers as actresses and within the show itself. You know what I mean? Like Melanie Linsky has played this character before. Juliette Lewis has played Christina. Re like they have played these characters before. Yeah. But they're tweaked a little bit to where there's an, an, an inventiveness to them that you really enjoy. Um, when I watched the first episode, I didn't know any, like who was going to be in it at all. I didn't look up anything to do with cast. And I was so pleasantly excited when uh, I saw like all three of those actresses. Yeah, me too. I only knew that Melanie Linsky was in it before we watched the, uh, first episode. I was, cause I, like I said, I just have a thing for Melanie Linsky. I've always thought she was such a great, like naturalistic actress where she's always herself, but she always inhabits the role. She's a great character actress, you know, um, mm -hmm. she's fantastic. And also I do think she's very beautiful. So that she is, is really beautiful. That is part of she my and the young Shauna look the most alike out of any of totally. the like young to older matchups totally they really got like i never have i'll tell you what i do sometimes have to remind myself that natalie is juliette lewis when she's younger right like i have to remind yes. myself that's juliette lewis i never have to remind myself of shauna or taisa they really they cast them perfectly yeah um, misty is it's pretty i mean i think that the younger actress does a good job of kind of aping Christina Ricci a little bit more. That's that's the only place I feel like she was told or felt I've got to act more like her. You know, because they seem it's almost she almost seems completely unchanged. Right. Like the other women seem to have grown or and, and, and progressed in some way. Whereas mm -hmm. Misty seems like she's the same exact person. <laughs> like she's just, yeah. she didn't learn anything from that experience. Like it did, it obviously didn't teach her to stop being a sociopath. No. Right. Like there was no growth there. Um, all right. This is, oh, this is fun. All right. We're getting places here. We still got a lot <laughs> to cover. Um, all right. Let's jump in and ask you. The main, our main question here, which we kind of outlined in the intro is, and, and what kind of guides our 2021 experience, our storyline, is that someone is sending postcards to everyone. We have two separate things going on. 
someone sending postcards to everyone, perhaps that they're going to out them. They know their secret, right? It's like a, yes. I know what you did last summer thing, right? Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, Thaisa is running for, I believe it's Senate. Is it Senate? State Senator. State Senator. Okay. She has a private eye pushing the other girls to see if they'll expose what happened, right? So mm-hmm. we have two separate things going on. We think are separate. What is, what's your kind of theories on this? Do you have any ideas about who's sending the postcards? Do you think it's connected? What is your ideas on our kind of mystery in 2021? I think they're unconnected. Okay. Um, I think there might be more to the reporter or I'm not sure if it's, sorry, I'm not sure if it's a PI or just someone who's in politics that uh, Thaisa hired to pretend to be a journalist to interrogate the women. I guess Um, I think there might be more to that character who's posing under the name Jessica Roberts, I think, Uh but I don't think that she's the one sending the postcards. I'm in the, uh, what's going on with Adam camp right now. I think that there's something up with him and he could be connected to the postcards. Cause I, I don't trust that he happens to work at an auto shop and stopped <laughs> short and got uh, rear ended by Sha- yep. Shauna and then was also 10 steps behind her when she got to the hotel. Yes. Oh, Trey. I love it. I love it. I totally agree with you. There is some there is totally something up with Adam. Now there is a theory on the interwebs that Adam could possibly be an adult Javi, the younger kid, the younger brother. What do you think of that? I I did think that initially, but then I was thinking maybe they would cast an actor who had a bit more uh features. Uh, in common with him because his features are a bit darker. Like his skin's a bit uh, like the young Javi has uh, skin a bit darker, uh, almost black hair. And then Adam to me looks very Caucasian. That is the issue too. It's, it's we, the ethnicity is ambiguous, right? We don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And we don't know Adam's ethnicity. We've definitely, this is something that, in our own world, people can often have times, right? Saying a person is this or that or the other, or, or it's also about what a person identifies as blah, blah, blah. So basically yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to say it could be him, right? Like they could be kind of playing with his look a little bit, you know? Um, but I felt the same way as you. I felt like it was a bit of a stretch. I'll accept it if that's what happens, but it felt like a bit of a stretch to me, but I definitely think something is up with Adam. I think he could be a younger brother of one of the girls as well. Like one of the ones who didn't make it. Oh, I like it. Yes. Not a son. You think, could he be a son? I, could he be How old are they supposed to be in their mid forties? The girls, I would guess mid yes. Mid to late forties. Yeah. I, to me, Adam looks 30. Mm, I think so too. 
Though he could be a little younger, though. The beard and the gruffiness, you know, he could be a little bit younger. But I think you're right. I think it would more be a brother or something of that nature than a, than a son. Um, I would say, well, if they were in 96, let's see, I graduated college in 96, and they're in high, so it's only a four-year difference. So, yeah, they're probably in their early 40s, right? They would probably be in mm-hmm. their early 40s. Um, so, yeah, probably, yeah, I, I think you're right. Too, too old to be a son, probably a brother, someone connected to it. There is also the opportunity here that we do have a mystery happening in 1996 in the crash, which connects to the 2021, which is this mysterious symbol, which is what's on the postcard, which appears on trees and in a couple of other places when they crash could there be another society? We know we both love Lost, the others, right? And if you've been watching La Brea, I don't know. Do you watch La Brea? <laughs> I, I don't know how to watch it on like Canadian streaming sites, but okay. if I can find it, I am very interested in watching it. It's, ve- it's very dumb. It's very fun. And it totally just not only do they name check Lost, like like literally name check it three times i think in the first oh three gosh. episodes like they cry they're like this is like lost um <laughs> but there is a group of like others there you know so no spoiler intended but it, it does happen so there could we could have the same thing here that we do have the cabin the mystery of the guy who seems to have maybe shot himself with that rifle in the chair that's what um, that looked like to me, that yeah, he shot himself. I think so, too. I think so, too. So could Adam possibly be connected not to our heroes, heroines, but that always I always thought that was weird. Heroin, like heroines and heroin. I don't know. I just I never said <laughs> that before. But um, what do you think about that idea? I, I, I think there's a very good chance that that'll be the case that he's uh, like a child who grew up in the woods and remembers meeting the girls or something. Ooh, I like that. He's like, I also, I think that it's likely, like, I think for sure they're going to run into people like the others who are already there. Um, I also think that it's likely that, and I base this solely off the fact that I can't imagine Nat being uh, capable of the stuff that say Misty would be capable of doing. Um, I think it's likely that there'll be the girls will form two groups and maybe some of them will join up with the people who already live there and then the others will be independent. Oh, I like that. That's a this could that's a great point, Trey. That is a great point that this could become way more complicated. You know what? Right. Like, yeah. For one thing, if Nat has a gun, if Nat and Travis have a gun and they're like responsible for using it then why are they chasing each other into mm-hmm. traps to kill them, right? That makes me think that that group of girls doesn't have the gun. I think that that's a great point. That is a great point. Why, and, he, and they go out of their way when they're doing the target practice to say, that crazy dude in the cabin stocked up enough ammunition to last us forever, right? Yeah. So... It's not as though they would have run out of ammunition by that point. They're doing that because it's a it's a, like a cult like 
behavior or connection to this land and to this experience. There's something, there's another reason they're acting in this naturalistic, you know, arrows, uh, you know, uh, bows and arrows way than not using a gun. That's a great point that there's another group or something that they maybe kind of, maybe we'll even get something where one of the ideas I had not just in this naturalist group, but when you, just as you were saying that, that there might be like kind of a split here and there, maybe there's a more normal group that's trying to live. And maybe some of the girls are happy there. You know, one of the things that we haven't yet said is we, we've only seen, we did talk about that. We've only seen, you know, three or four of the women. And then we obviously find out one of the guys who dies um, in the future, maybe somebody stayed on purpose. Maybe someone's still there, right? Like it could be possible that like, Oh, I just got chills when you said that. Cause the oh. postcards say, wish you were here, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe someone who's still there is sending them. Maybe it never ended is like, you know, you think about lost. We have to go back. Yeah. Could they go back? And there's something that they didn't do or that they left behind or that now we'll get into the supernatural element that is haunting them in this life that they have to finish, that they left before they could finish it in that woodland life. Is that the mysterious man with no eyes that Taisa's young, what's his, what's her son called? Sammy? Sammy. Yeah. That Sammy is seeing. It, what do you think about that idea? I think you may have said something like that in one of the Facebook posts that you said in you thought it might the be a opening credits. You can see the man with no eyes in like a wood backdrop, and a lot of the shots from the credits, like they do you, like you can see uh, Shauna and Adam jumping off the bridge into the water, and like the opening credit sequence. So I think if you actually look at the images, a lot of that is footage that they filmed for the show, not uh, just kind of like stock footage. Um, so I, I think like that could be a clue that he, like, he will appear in the woods. I don't know what his connection was to Thais's grandmother. Um, presumably she's never been to Ontario where they, the site of their crash. Um, but maybe there's something connecting her family to like a, like a primal supernatural force or something that will find her out there. Um, that her son's able to see as well. Mm, I think that's very interesting. Do you, now the connection with the grandmother could do you, could that also just be a kind of um, I don't know shining poltergeist like it's it she has the shine right like she's passed this down. And, and when they go, whatever happens to them in Canada, in the crash site, she has the greatest connection to it. So this gives her some sort of power there, you know, because you had supposed it does make sense that she would be the leader, right? She's the, she's, she is the, she seems to be the smartest, most put together, both in the past and the future. Yes. 
you know, and the most confident and the leader, the real leader. Um, unlike, uh, um, uh, should I say Jackie, uh, Jackie, who doesn't, like you said, she's the leader because she's socially the lead, you know, like the girls want to be like her, right? Mostly yeah. it seems like it, because she's a, the cute white girl, you know what I mean? And that's what the coach thought everyone would follow, right? When maybe mm -hmm. they don't follow her, they like Thais is really more the leader. Um, so it would make sense that 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 kind of connection that's where i'm going i'm not so sure that there's a direct connection i think it's more like she's open to the spirits or something you know yeah i i think shining is such a good way to put it like thank you stephen king for giving us this phrase um especially in the sense of like and a big thing in like a lot of stephen king's works is that a place can be evil Ah, and yes. some people can feel that energy from mm -hmm. the physical environment, uh, like dairy and it, there's like always been evil happening there, but is it because it landed there or was the place evil? And that's why it chose to be there. Um, or like, yep. you know, the overlook hotel and the shining, of course, like there's been cycles of people staying there that horrible things have happened to because the hotel has this like evil energy. So I, I think, um, like Lottie, who we also know has um, psychotic episodes, has like a shining as well. Like if Thaisa has it, Lottie definitely has it too, because Thaisa said, you know, she didn't want to go into the cabin because she could sense that bad things happened there. And then when they tried to take off in the tiny little passenger plane, um, when Laura Lee, I think, tried to drive it, mm -hmm. it like the engine stopped and it almost killed Jackie and Vanessa. And then Lottie said, it doesn't want us to leave here. And yeah. I think she meant it as in the bad energy of this physical place. Yeah. Ooh, good pickup. I like that. Yep. I dig it. I totally dig that. And that goes along with the symbol, the kind of Blair witchiness of it all, right? Like a mm -hmm. connection to the land, the spirits, will perhaps the people who are living there have lived there for generations. You know, they're like kind of a a hidden tribe of people. Yeah, you know? I, th I think they're definitely going to do a very strong folk horror yes, aspect to it. Which I love. I love that stuff. That's my, That's I think that's kind of developed into, I've, I've kind of realized that that's my favorite kind of horror, that kind of folky, type horror and um gosh i always forget the name of what's the what's the name of the movie with um i always want to call it rumsberger <laughs> with uh with the girl from uh 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 black widow um oh midsummer yes i love midsummer, midsummer. thank you thank you thank you midsummer i always forget the name of it because it has such a nice name and it's such a creepy fucking movie yeah. I love that movie. That's and that's what kind of my shit that makes me feel you I am very Irish like both sides of my family when you go down like Irish German. And my grandmother would tell me kind of you know not too in depth but she would speak of like, you know, the little people and you know what I mean like that kind of folksy horror type stuff. Yeah. I always find that to me to be 
really gets into my bones. I don't know if it's the, if it's my DNA or something like the Germanic side of me comes from like the black forest. That's where my grandfather's family came from. Um, and that's where a lot, you get all those like Hansel and Gretel and like all those kind of stories come Mm -hmm. from that area. So I'm, Oh, I always really enjoy that. And that's something that I enjoy about this show too. And I like four episodes in, we don't know too much about it. And I like that so far. Do you think that they've done a good job of doling things out? Do you want more? Do you think it's been a little too much? What's your feeling on it? I, I, especially because this is a show that wasn't released all at once. Like we're kind of, we've been spoiled and we're sort of used to getting like 10 episodes out in one day now, suddenly. Um, I do like hate waiting a full week for the next episode, but I also like the fact that, you know, these writers are taking their time. This isn't going to be a Netflix show that gets canceled after one season because Netflix likes to churn out as much new stuff as possible. And they get kind of lazy about the writing sometimes Like, I liked the fact that I can tell a lot of thought has gone into this. They probably storyboarded it for multiple seasons at once and have a clear idea of where they're going to end up. I don't think there's going to be a lot of untied elements because I I do think that there's, yeah, it's it's evident to me from these four episodes that there's so much care into everything we see and hear. So that makes me confident that the payoff is going to be so much worth the wait that I don't mind how slow it is. But yeah, I do agree. It has been, we don't know much about what's happened, but we know a lot about who the characters are. Yeah, definitely. And I, I like, that's a great point. They've, they have taken the time to build up these characters and to show us who they are through their actions just like the little road trip, right, that we got, um, the little things that kind of show how they relate to each other and mm-hmm. how and and I like that that's like 85 percent of the show. You know what I mean? I don't need the show to be I, I, I am into mythology being a lost fan. I was one of those people who wished that we had gotten a little bit more of Dharma, you know what I mean? How it happened, like their recruiting process and all that. So I thought, am I going to feel that way with this show? Because actually episode three, I felt was a little bit like, uh, it was, it was kind of reorientating itself because the first two episodes were really like one big episode and yeah, I can't decipher in my head now between what happened in episode one or two. It yeah. felt like a two-hour pilot. And you know what else tells me that it probably was a two-hour pilot? We don't see the credits until the third episode. Yeah, that's right. So when something like that happens, that tells me that Showtime was not sure if this show was going to be a hit. And there's some kind of scheduling thing that's going on with them right now. And when this ends and another show begins... And they were contemplating dropping two episodes the first night together, like as a one big episode, um, because it, I thought it was strange the way, because when we saw the credits in the third one, I said to my wife, did I fast forward through the credits in the first one or something? Like, I thought that I did that too. But then I looked it up and it said, no, the credits didn't start till the third episode. So that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I like that. I think, yeah, I think that they're doing a really good job of 
slowly rolling things out. And I am happy that it's like 85% uh, character and little, little bit less of the mystery stuff um, just to start out. Now, I am forgetting the name of who is the dude who dies in 2021, uh, Yavi's... Travis. Travis. Okay, I'm sorry. I forget his name, Travis. How could I forget that name? I know a guy named Travis. Who do you think? Do you think Travis killed himself or do you think somebody killed him? I think the answer to who killed him is to do with the note that he hastily scribbled, probably because he did, he thought someone was coming for him. Uh, Nat was right. Hmm. There's a good chance because Nat has done so many drugs and drinking that <laughs> she's like buried a memory. I love that idea. I was thinking like the she, same like thing. She, she knows, but she just can't. Yep. Like subconsciously she has it in her, but she doesn't right now know fully mm -hmm. what she's right about. Or maybe that she has a suspicion, but Misty's the last person she's going to tell exactly what she's thinking. And she wants to do some digging on her own. Exactly. Um, I, I, I do think point. he was murdered just because they found that. I, it could also, like, I, I understand, like, the, the merits for writing that, um, you know, sometimes people, like, you think there has to be another cause. They couldn't possibly have done that to themselves. But, like, suicide is, like, a very real thing, especially for people yeah. who went through the trauma that they did. Um, so I would understand if they went that direction that, like, no, actually, he did just kill himself. Like, you wouldn't have been able to save him. Don't blame yourself. But like, this was something he chose to do. No one did it to him. Um, but I do think because Misty found that note that it's going to be like very directly connected to him getting killed. Yeah. I think he was killed too. And I think that for me, it's the way it looked. It looked like it was like a stage play or something, you know? just the way it was lit. And I know that's maybe for TV too, but it just, it seemed like the, the way they presented it and, and the way I think that, um, I think Juliet Lewis, I think she says something like that too. Like it looks staged or, uh, she says, yes, something one of like them that. says that. I can't remember if it yeah. was Misty or not who says that, but they do mention that. Yep. And I, I, uh, I was like, it does look staged to me. It looks like it was, you were meant to find him like that. And then I couldn't help but think, could the answer be right in front of us the whole time? And it's Misty and she's nuts. <laughs> like she's just doing this for attention the whole time. I mean, I have to mention it. Right. It's like, I don't right? want to believe that. Cause I want it to be something with like lots of layers and like, it takes us a while to get there. Yeah. But if the joke is really on, like, if it's like a kind of fourth wall breaking joke on the viewer that, come on, they've clearly told us this girl is insane and has done everything to, like, she's a wannabe detective. So maybe she's creating a story for herself to solve, but like pretending she doesn't know what's going to happen every step of the way. So she gets to watch it with someone uh -huh. else. Like, yep. I, I would absolutely believe it if that was like what the writers chose to do that, um, that I was just like a fool the whole time, basically. But <laughs> I, I hope, I hope it's not something that simple, but yeah, like I, I think that'd be kind of a funny joke on the audience. If it was like, you know, we've laid this out clearly for you from the beginning. Why were you in denial that this person could do such a thing? She's not right. 
Yeah. Okay. I just had to say, I'm glad to say, like, and I, I, I like, I love the way that you framed it, that it's kind of like, you know, like a fourth wall breaking, like we're watching it with her, right? Like she, we're, she's watching, she, she's the one watching everyone and spying and doing all this weird shit. And we're just thinking, oh, she's so funny, right? She's so cute. Oh, it's Christina Ricci. <laughs> Oh, she's silly. Oh, look at her being mean to that lady in the nursing home. <laughs> you know, like, and then meanwhile, of course, she's the one who did it all. And she invented this symbol and she did it all just to fuck with everybody because she also, let's not forget one thing we haven't mentioned yet. She smashes the, uh, <laughs> the black box. So like, it's her fault that they're trapped there. Right. Yeah crazy so it's it's like we have seen her do something like honestly the we have seen bad things happen but the thing we've seen directly that we know that someone did that is like the worst thing is her smashing that black box she contributed to the death of other girls like she was obviously not helping the assistant coach She's helping him so much, and then his only opportunity for real help, she destroys it. So I think that I just wanted to bring that up because I do think that that's a possibility here that the the supernatural elements are not at all real. That her grandmother was dying and having hallucinations. That what has been passed on to her is mental illness just like with um, Lottie, right? And that the reason why Lottie didn't want to go into the house is because she was having anxiety and paranoia due to her schizophrenia, which she's taking pills for, which we saw, right? So Mm -hmm. I think it is an interesting idea to contemplate that there is no supernatural elements in this show. And... The people who we see experiencing them are mentally ill, and that's what's happening. We and we for Lottie, we have direct evidence of it, and at least in the case, uh, perhaps not in the case of um, uh, Taisha's uh, son, because we don't know. We do know he has some issues, right? But we mm-hmm. that hasn't been said. But we do know her grandma was definitely like dying, right? So. People do have hallucinations when they're dying. Yeah. Would that disappoint you if you were to find out that the supernatural elements were in fact not supernatural at all? I I think it would, even though like when I went into this show, I thought like they have the show billed as like a psychological horror, not yeah. supernatural, not folk horror. Um, and then like, ghosty stuff started happening with the like man with no eyes and this talk of the woman in the tree. Um, and I thought, Oh my gosh, like, wait, I think this is like supernatural horror. Like there's going to be some spirits or something like in the woods. And like this symbol makes me think of, uh, like cults and religions and like, maybe they actually are seeing something in the woods that they think is like a deity that they have to make sacrifices to or something. Um, so then I like switched gears about what I thought about the show and was like, okay, maybe like I am excited for like a supernatural horror. So I could, I could like, I could go back to being like, this is just like a psychological horror about like how people are. 
but now a part of me wants there to be a supernatural element. So yeah, I would be disappointed if there wasn't one. It would be an emotional roller coaster of this show, subverting my expectations at every turn. Yeah, I I I don't know how I feel. I would kind of feel um, I as long I you know what I usually say is as long as they do it in a way that I accept it, it's fine with me. And that is kind of the way I feel. If it if there is no supernatural elements, I'm cool with it. I I kind of hope though that it stays about at the same level, not too, like for instance, we were talking about Stephen King, um, the show that he did, that they did on HBO last year, which now I'm forgetting the name of, which hopefully you'll remember the name of. Do you remember the name of that? Is it The Stranger? I think that's what it was, uh, where it starts out with not a lot of supernatural elements and then it gets more and more until by the end of it, it is a fully and wholly supernatural show, right? Like they are battling demons or whatever. You know what I'm saying? In true Stephen mm-hmm. King style. Um, I kind of hope it doesn't go in that direction. Um, I kind of hope The Outsider is what it was called. Um, oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I kind of hope that they go a little bit more but not too much that's just my hope for it because the reason why is because i like that so much of the decisions and actions are based on what you were taught they're building up the characters you know and Mm -hmm. us us reacting to things because of who did it not what happened and i always find in a show it's more interesting when you're it's the character, not the event itself. Like, cause it could be any event. Like, you know, someone dies, someone lives, someone betrays someone, but it's who did it that really kind of hits home, you know? So yeah. I, I kind of hope that, um, Oh, I wanted to throw out, um, our friend, uh, Michael, who has a YouTube, uh, show called one Mike and he, he's been covering yellow jackets and he had they they were talking about who could possibly play Jackie in uh, as an adult, and he had a great one that I wanted to mention: Mila Kunis. That is who I thought the other day. Yeah, That'd they have very similar eyes. Yes, they definitely. And Mila Kunis looks um like she has like a very cutesy face, mm-hmm. and I think she might be like forty now, but she looks a lot younger. And totally. Jackie the actress who's playing her as a teenager, I'm not sure of her name, has the kind of face where you feel like she won't really age much. Yeah, yep, yeah. Her name's Ella Purnell. There is, a again, there is a little bit of a ethnicity, you know, nationality thing. Mila Kunis, to me, looks, and she is, she looks very Russian. And Ella Purnell looks definitely more like on the Germanic, Swedish kind of side of things. Um, But... It, uh, you know, I would buy it though. And it's the eyes too, you know? Yeah. It's, that's why I thought they might, there was also a possibility. I thought that they might be, they might really play a trick on us. And one of the girls is not who she says she is. So for instance, like Misty is actually Jackie in the future. So Christina Ricci is actually Jackie. And she's not 
Misty, Misty died or something, or Shauna in the future is really Lottie or something like that. You know, I don't have it fully formed, but I just want to throw it out there. Yeah, I know. That'd be really interesting. That'd be kind of fun because again, there's a whole, we're only like a couple, maybe a week or so in, we're four episodes in and they're there for 19 months. You know, we don't, so much stuff could have happened while they were there. Um, all right. Well, listen, we've been going for like an hour, over an hour. I think I covered all my questions that I kind of had on my mind. Is there anything that you, any other stuff you wanted to talk about or anything that I forgot to bring up or anything? Um, oh, just one thing. Okay. Um, Laura Lee, the very Christian girl. Ah. Do you think if they like form some sort of cult, she might take the reins because she has such strong faith? Or do you think they would see her maybe as like too much of like a do-gooder and like kill her or push her out right away? Because they've made her one of like the only five who we consistently see in the flashbacks, which makes me think she'll have like a bigger role to play. Like, is she alive? Is she dead? Or... I don't know. I, I can see it going really either way with her. Like either she can become like a leader if they do form some sort of cult in the woods or yeah, she would just be like, you're too goody two shoes. You don't want to commit any sins. We have no time for this right now. I think that that is an awesome idea and they definitely push that pretty hard. Like let's do a group prayer, right? And they show her at home praying before they get on the plane and she talks about it too. I think that's a great idea. Perhaps it's the mix of maybe she even starts the thing, right? Like, I don't know if you just said that, like, because the impetus, there's such a close connection. You know, when you think about, you know, like the beginnings of she's a Christian and like even the beginnings of Christianity, you know, it was so there were such naturalistic elements. And Mm -hmm. I remember just explaining to my son, I grew up Catholic and I'm not a Catholic any longer. I stopped being a Catholic when I was about 18. And I was telling my son who has grown up with no religion, um, about how you eat like the body of Christ and drink the wine. And he looked at me like, are you fucking crazy? (laughs) And I was like, no, this is a ritual that people do in that church right up there it's part of the ritual of religion so let's not forget that that drinking of the blood eating of the flesh right that's what they end up doing and that's a part of christianity part of what laura leads into um uh we also one other uh since you're mentioning some of the other girls on the plane one person who i think may pop up again is Allie, the young girl who gets her leg broken and misses out on the trip. Oh, apparently you do see her again. Yes, we do. We see her very quickly. She's like interviewed or something. She says like, you know, I was almost on the plane or something, but I just, there was something about why show that? Like, I know the purpose was to show um, that, Taisa, am I saying her name right? I have, I always have a problem with 
A-I-A. I think it's I think that is right because I know okay. the actress Thaisa Farmiga. Thais. That's how I've okay. always been saying her name. Okay, so I'm gonna say it that way. Um she that's to kind of show how like she how she was really the captain, you know what I mean? Like how she was a leader and how how hard she is, right? And how much yeah. she wants to win. You know, I understand that part of the of the plot. But they do kind of concentrate on Allie herself. She's not nameless. She's not faceless. So I kind of feel like maybe she's going to have a part of this that even though she wasn't there, someone confided in her. Or maybe she's jealous that she wasn't there. You know, maybe she's doing all of this. Maybe this horrible experience that these girls had that has scarred their freaking life. She actually wishes that she could have had that attention and that experience. Just a thought. That's a really, yeah, that's a really interesting outlook. I did not consider that, but I, I think that's a really great concept. We will see. Um... Yeah, so, well, we got six more episodes this season, and I think uh, maybe, would you like to come back at the end and talk about the end, talk about the whole season? I would love to, yes. All right. Well, I think this has worked out great. See, man, my streak of asking people to podcast and it working out well continues, baby. I love (laughs) it. We never even chatted before. This was awesome. Thank you so much for Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was really cool. Man, fun show. Is there anything else that you want to say before we get going? Uh, no, I I think I've covered everything and you've given me a lot of food for thought that I'm going to take into, uh, oh, next episode two days from now. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll have this episode up tonight and uh, or quicker than that, hopefully, and everyone can listen to it, get ready for episode five. And yeah, we, uh, Trey and I will be back at the end of the season. We'll do another one of these. Maybe we can get Michael to come on with us um, as he's been covering it too. We can get some more thoughts going, but what a great show. Just like a really a, a, a pleasant surprise, you know, you have all this big, huge, you know, Hawkeye's coming out and blah, and this, <laughs> and the expanse is coming, all these big, huge shows. And then it's like this kind of smaller show on Showtime, you know, and then it's kind of, I think it's, people are really picking up on it now. And I think that, I hope that it ends up on people's best of list. I know it's kind of coming at the end of the year and it won't be finished by that time. But I hope that it gets some more uh, publicity out of that because it shows like this that I really, really enjoy. And you can kind of tell that the people writing it and that the people involved just preparing for this podcast, reading like interviews and stuff, they just seem to have a blast making the show. And, you know, we don't talk about that a lot when we talk about different shows but i do think it makes a difference i mean when you're a human being you're working a job and when you can have fun with what you're doing and really enjoy it and i think it's fun too because it has that 90s 2001 you know 2021 thing happening you know the back and forth i i read somebody compared somebody said um they have copied the this is us uh, <laughs> format and I was like I think there's some other shows and other things that may have done this before you know this is us did not invent this idea um, but this yellow jackets really pulls it off so 
All right, I'm going to stop chatting. This has been fantastic, Trey. Thank you so much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can follow us. Um, check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Follow us on the Twitter. Join the Facebook group. Just look for Daily DVR. We're chatting about stuff like this all the time. And uh, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Peace out.